This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And just like that, in a blink of an eye, it's Friday. Off the rails Friday. There's been a trade. What? Yeah. <laughs> Justin Bourne at home for Sammy McKee on this desk. That's the trade. Straight up. Getting near the deadline, Kipper. <laughs> so are we on YouTube and Sammy's just the face today? Well, yes. I think they probably got, you know, how they put the voice of Sam McKee usually. They probably put yes. the voice of Justin Board. We've just done a we've just done a switch. Yeah. We've done a body this is, switch. This is brilliantly done. I love so, it. JB, you're uh, joining us today uh, via satellite at home, taking care of business, or should I say uh, family business? <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just you know, my, my son's only thrown up a half dozen times, guys. Oh, it's fine. It's God. fine. Don't worry about it. I'm we, okay. Clean up in aisle three. <laughs> yeah. JB, clean up. Yeah. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm taking care of business, as you mentioned, but happy to be joining two of my best buddies in the whole world. Someone, well, someone on the uh, YouTube feed just said that it's a Cooper All Friday, Kipper. I guess they saw <laughs> your uh, I guess they saw your tweet. Yeah, they did. From um, playing on the Centennials. That's right. God, that's uh, OHL history. I think is the the the, the Twitter handle. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they put out a picture of me. <laughs> and oh, Cooper that is Rolls. a historical look, no doubt about it. They, <laughs> they threw up my stats, I mean, and I'm like, whoa, Kipper. I know, was, he, I know he scored sixty, but that that looks pretty dusty. <laughs> that's uh, hey, you better score a sixty looking like that. Out there. That is a lifetime ago. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're glad you're uh, on the show, JB. Albeit uh, not with us uh, physically, it doesn't matter. Uh, thoughts and opinions. A few laughs are in store for the next two hours. We're glad everybody's on board wherever you're watching and listening. Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every single place in the world. Which means off the rails Friday, which means we're finding Doug McClain. I think he blew us off a couple of Fridays ago. I texted him this morning as you said we want to get me to start texting him too. And he sent me... The response instantly, okay. So I think he's really <laughs> excited to be joining the show today. All right. And it's going to be a good one. I love listening to you when I'm on. All right, so we're starting him already. Uh, Devin Dubnik as well is going to yeah. join us in the second hour. Former NHLer, had a lot. 253 career wins for Devin Dubnik, yeah. and now he's doing some work with the NHL Network, so we're awesome. going to check in with him. We'll look forward to that in the next hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Renee Lavoie. Renee Lavoie. Will join us because we've got uh, Toronto, Montreal. Saturday night. That'll be a lot of fun. And you know what, JB? I I, uh, I came bearing gifts today, and you're not Is that here. right? Oh, no. And I'm looking at Sammy's hat, and I don't like it. Uh-oh. What's wrong with my hat? I like this hat next better. buckets? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Real Kipper and Born ball cap. Come on. No way. Sick. Oh, it's too bad I'm not there. Very good friend, Brian Green, heiress group. He's been in uh, the uh, apparel business for a very long time. He says, I'm making you a few things. So look at that, too. Great. What do you think, Sammy? Oh, my. Real Kipper and Born. What a day. Look at that. Eat your heart out, 32 Thoughts. I'm thrilled. That's right. So, Sammy, you're good to go now, bud. I love it. I'll keep your stuff warm here. 
JB. Thanks, Skipper. It. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. And Tell good your thing you're not thanks. here because I did bring uh, also Sammy a, a Friday little Buddha cocktail as well. Oh my! God. That we're gonna crack open after the show. <laughs> Better than Christmas. This is a, a new flavor studio? that's gonna be out in the LCBO for us. I love it. In April, it's a uh, blackberry sour agave. Ooh, the oh, lot. What do you think? How, yeah. All organic, gluten-free, no sugar, all the good things, wow. Sammy. Yeah, I never have any sugar in my diet, so this all is perfect. Right. <laughs> Enough of that. Enough of the apparel. It's Friday. You got some clips for us? Where are we going here, Sammy? I'm kind of <laughs> in cruise control. What's You're, I, do have some clips. I do have some clips. For I got a good thing I brought a lineup. So they had a practice today. Uh, lines remained pretty much the same, but... Okay. Uh, Samsonov was not present in practice today, not feeling well, and Keith gave us a little update on that. What's uh, Ilya's status? He's out today with an illness, so we'll, we'll see where he's at throughout the day today and into tomorrow and make a decision from there. Would you lean toward Joe, though, going tomorrow night, Sheldon, at this point, do you think, or is that still to be determined? It's to be determined. It's to be determined. I don't know. What does that mean, to be determined? So like I think he, I think he's probably pretty sick. If he is, then it's. I know you don't want to necessarily tip your hat off right away, JB. But it, like you're playing a, a non-playoff team, mm-hmm. you're at home. You're supposed to be the the contending team that has depth. Uh, Just say do, Joe Wall's do going. Do you really expect him to to wake up and then you you do you want to thrust him in if he does feel better Saturday morning? I think. If he's feeling well or if he's not feeling well, I think you could just go, you know, emergency call up Shalgren. You just go Joe Wall, Shalgren, both games this weekend. Like, you should be able to win these games with maybe even me and Net. Like, <laughs> you know, you'd yeah. like to maybe give your team a little test here, bring up a guy from the Marlies and go that way. I, I don't know. Like, if he's sick, he's not feeling well, don't play him. Yeah. It, there's this weird resistance to ever admitting who's going to play goal for your team yeah, in advance. It. Like, okay, yeah, he's not feeling great. Give him an extra day tomorrow. I'm with you. Um, but, yeah, this is fine because Joel Wool, they want to know what they have in him, right? Like, I'm not saying he needs to get, you know, 10 starts the rest of the way, but you're kind of looking for excuses to get him in. This feels like a nice easy one. Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. <laughs> See how the guy can handle it. I think it's another opportunity for, for... – Wall to come in and be a little bit of a disruptor here. And a good showing for him will plant the seed that this is now a, a three-headed monster. Well, let's be real. We're at the point here where they're trying to figure out, all right, if it's not Wool, who's the next goalie? Because you got to have someone else. Do we have we have the uh, Keith on uh, Matt Murray, do we? Or no, but he, he was he, no. He just skated today. There was no real update okay. on him. But he's on the ice again. He was on the ice before practice. He was yeah doing. It looked like he was doing goalie things. I saw the clips of it. He was going around the net. He made a couple saves, but, but I, they didn't an- give him any official update on his timeline. So it's kind of status quo. Ankle is just like not allowing him to do the things you need to do. Ten goal, and he hurt it by being in warm up once. I don't know. Maybe? He he wasn't. Was it that he wasn't? right going into that and they were right. kind of giving it a go in that warm-up for some reason as opposed to just like letting him get better and he said he couldn't go so i don't know you, you it's know, a mystery he could have tweaked it now. even more in warm-up you absolutely just don't know yeah boys you need another goalie now you need another goalie mm. it's just uh <laughs> it just baffles me it really does that we're back in the that same situation we've gone from a d or two mm-hmm. to a d or two <laughs> 
Top six. Bottom six. Bottom six. Goalie. Goalie. Mascot. Replace the coach. I mean, Carlton is looking a little dated. They could use a little upgrade on Carlton, don't you think? What do you think it would take to get gritty out of Florida? (laughs) Or Philly. Sorry, Philly. One for one? I don't think they're doing one for one. With Carlton. Huge. We, huge we like Carlton, picks. but he's you might have to no throw in the, gritty. You might have to throw in the Marley's mascot to make that trade a, a two-for-one trade. <laughs> and cash. You got to throw, throw Steve Dangle in. <laughs> well, no disrespect, well, Stevie. They could use a Dangle in Philly yeah. to keep interest. Yeah, yeah. He'd probably be even more pissed off if he was covered in Philly. All torts team in Philly? Good yeah. chance. There is... The issue here now is, like, Talbot, like, who? There's there, no there is, there's nothing out there. There's this B kind of group. Well, you mentioned in one of your articles a little while ago, I mean, UC Soros playing on a, well, bad, playing a, on a bad team. That's a game changer, and that's yeah. uh I guess if you're looking for options, they stink, and he's the only reason they're anywhere half good. So maybe they're looking to maximize on him, but I, I don't think they'd trade him. Why would you trade him? The only thing is, is when you're talking about a top six or top four D, you, you, you've you only got certain cards you can play, mm-hmm. which would we would assume a, a first rounder in Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Pick your poison here. I'm thinking as, as much as I think that a blue liner is really important to the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. I would almost start thinking that I'm – if if I had just one card to play here, I think I'd play it on Timo Meyer over a defenseman. And I only say that because I'm still not sure if you do, JB, go out and, and use a first rounder, Matthew Nyes, that, that, that w- would you be more comfortable knowing what you're getting from Timo Meyer than you would be, say, Jacob Chikrin? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's funny, though, and I know... This is not like a we keep or I keep waffling back and forth on this, but like looking at the D court today, and I, I wrote a little bit about potential D and what they would do. So you imagine all these different guys in your lineup, and like what adding Jacob Chikrin does or adding Gavrikov does or whatever, sure makes it look a lot more like you go, oh, okay, that's there's something there. Then the forward group, which is already pretty good, right? Like the back end is just who, just not very physical or heavy and is Sandine and Lilligren and Hall and, you know, you guys know the drill. I don't know. I just, I'm torn on a kipper and I, I go back and forth day to day. Yeah, it's every day for me too. I just, watching Boston last night, I'm like, ah, it's all pointless anyway. Boston? <laughs> like... <laughs> I sent you guys a text. I'm watching halfway through yeah. Boston and Nashville. And I went to bed after the second. I was like, there's, there's no point watching this. Like, this isn't, this isn't even a fair fight. No, it's not even they're playing the same sport. I, saw, I put in the lineup. They have 80, was it? They have 87 of a possible 108 points so far this year, the Boston Bros. 87 of 108. On the other hand, what's the narrator guy from the Grinch say? He's like, Nashville stink, stank, stunk. Yeah, absolutely they, true. They are. That's a, they, yeah, they're done. They're dogs, yeah. man. That's, that's enough. See, even if Timo Meyer was, was to be traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. like, how do you feel any better knowing that there is a huge advantage for, say, Tampa Bay from the net on out. Like, you can you can still, you can feel a lot better about your first two lines for mm-hmm. the Toronto Maple Leafs with Timo Meyer. Timo yes. Meyer comes in with, 
Jay, say John Tavares and uh, Marner. Yeah, that's... And then you have Matthews, Nylander, uh, and Bunting. All world top six. Okay, top six. All world. But let's bring in Ken Hitchcock, who we had on last week. Couple, last week, or a couple weeks ago, yes. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. And he said, generally, when those top lines yeah. kind of cancel each other out, mm-hmm. then you're left to the, the bottom six, mm-hmm. the blue line, and your goaltender. There's, is there any scenario that you would give the Leafs any advantage making a few changes on the blue line? Even if they got Jeff Chikrin, would you not give the advantage to Tampa Bay from the net on out still? Right, but you're just so mm. far behind right now. Like, at least it wouldn't be as devastatingly a difference. Yes, I agree know? with that. I agree with but, that. But, you know, the we also, like Hitchcock said, uh, you know, the top two lines cancel out. I don't know if you have Timo, Timo Meyer, if anyone can cancel out what the Leafs would be rolling out for their top six. Like, you'd, you'd definitely get some leg up, even on Tampa, I would yeah. think, at that point. Yeah, and if you got Timo Meyer, you could maybe... You don't have to even yeah. do the top six thing. Like you'd have enough talent where you could kind of yeah. make, make your bottom nice. six. But if look in different. fact, if in fact they do find a way, I don't. If one line or a couple of lines have a, a five or ten percent advantage, fifteen mm-hmm. percent advantage, where are you on the bottom six of the Toronto Maple Leafs to yeah. go up against the bottom six yeah. of Tampa or bottom six of Boston? That's that's why to me my point from yesterday is one that I still like. I really am starting to believe in that you make like, little changes here and there, but you don't go throw away your finest meats and cheeses because it may not get you close enough. JB, they, the Leafs have got a, a third line right now that uh, are in, uh, in the ballpark of uh, 12, 14 minutes, 15 minutes a night. They can't score. Mm-hmm. That is, the Leafs, that's a concern. The Leafs' third line to me, Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroft, who are skating together at uh, practice today, that's a fourth line to me. If you're a really, really good team. No. Like, it is. I, I like that third line. I do, too. I like it when it's those guys. I, I like it, too, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a line that's going to be able to contribute offensively nearly enough for you to be able to win. Can like, they get to the middle of the ice, and can they contribute? Can they find a way to put the puck in the net when when guys are canceling, canceling each other out a little bit on the top two lines? You know, the one thing that that group does and should do is control the play. You're, you're right, though. It's a good question about getting to the inside and actually putting pucks in the net. You know, I, it, I am curious to see if one of these years, if controlling the play pans out for the Leafs, where a couple of pucks go through a guy, Vasilevsky's not perfect, whatever it may be. I, I don't I mean... I like that third line for the Leafs. If you do add one more guy, maybe it makes it that much deeper. You can push someone else down, and but yeah, I don't know. Okay, I, we yeah. Okay, and then and then there's a fourth line, and where are you, uh, Belmer, Corey Perry, Pat Maroon versus Aston Reese, Holmberg, and Anderson right but now? To me, this is a point that Borny's made behind, uh, in the past, and to me, it's like. I don't want to worry too much about the eight to 10 minutes that that line's on the ice. I know they're probably going to win those minutes. I think you could use an upgrade, but it's the top three lines that have to, you know, like, I don't think how many goals in the seven game series are the is the, the fourth line on the, on the bolts going to contribute. I think it's more about them just sort of leaning on you and physically imposing their will and trying to survive those minutes without taking stupid penalties or whatever. But I don't want to spend too much time worrying about their fourth line, right, Pointing Like, that's not necessarily the biggest issue for me. 
Yeah, when you looked at that playoff series against the Leafs last year, I think they averaged eight or nine minutes. You know, I'm also those guys are were the the concern would be last year that they're older and slower. I don't think that they got faster and or anything to that effect. So I don't know how effective that line's gonna be. But you're right, Kip. Like they are names who have been there, done that, experienced, they know how to handle those moments. Does Joey Anderson make no. you feel better in that spot? No. To me I think they if you could add two bodies to this bottom six and then you just kind of take your chances with the rest like i really like i know we talked about this yesterday and i know it's just the same point but unless you're getting timo meyer i'm not spending the top assets that i need to spend to get you know a middling guy like it's yeah. if you can add two guys in the bottom six maybe get Aston reese out of there maybe get anderson or holmberg or whoever you whatever position you add at i don't think Unless it's Meyer, you're going to have that much of a difference of a chance. Barbashev, I'd feel a lot better on the third line. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't really – like, I know he's a heavy guy, and he, you know, he maybe not the best defensively, but he can score, chip It would in. be an upgrade. For sure. No doubt. He'd be an upgrade, absolutely. So that's a guy that I, I like the thought of, and I like the thought of Ryan O'Reilly, too. I really do. Like, I know, you know, he's had a down year, much like Kane. He's been hurt a lot. He's kind of been in and out of the lineup for them. But I think what he would bring in terms of just that sort of steely defensive – you know, guy who's won a cup who can chip in a big goal, I think what he would bring would be huge for the Leafs too. So those are the kind of guy. But, like, what's the price going to be on him, on a Ryan O'Reilly? Like, is it going to be your, the, in the Nyes range, or is it going to be closer no, to, like, a— absolutely not. So what is it going to be? Like, first-round pick, second-round pick? What is it going to be? I would think that they'd hold out for a first and a mid-range prospect. That's the rental rate. Okay. And would you pay that for Ryan O'Reilly and the Leafs? It just depends yes. what you want to do. Uh, if, 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 my, if my choice is nothing at all, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. That's taking the bat off your shoulder, yeah. that, which they need to do. Mm-hmm. But this is so. This is the, the point I've been making is they do need to take the bat off their shoulder. And, like, O'Reilly significantly changes. You're like, okay, now the third line, Ryan O'Reilly is the center of. And whoever you put there, Sammy, you mentioned not liking Ar- Yarncroft, Kerfoot, Engvall. It looks totally different if it's O'Reilly, Kerfoot, Yarncroc. And yeah, and then you can have Camp as your four line fourth line center who's not playing as Engvall much. Still. Yeah, who's not playing as much five on five and a guy that yeah. still is gonna be killing penalties for right. you and playing that role. I I, I I like Camp and I liked him a lot last year you, and he was good in the playoffs last year, but he's really in terms of him kinda falling off a cliff offensively, like he was decent offensively last year. He's just been nothing this year offensively. Are we Absolutely clear now that you, under no circumstances can you go on the left side to start game one in the playoffs, bunting, Kerfoot, and Engvall. Please, <laughs> if you, please. If you get a Kiffer, if you get O'Reilly or someone. You know what I'm saying? that the, Yeah, you have to bring somebody in. Yeah. You can't, oh, yeah. You can't it, as is, it just it does not work. Yarn Croc on the left here. side in the top six. I'm just, uh, Kerfoot, yeah. no. Go, go ahead, Bonnie. The I'm just coordinating want, the show here. Sorry, I, I am yeah, producing yeah. too. The one thing that I do want to mention is like, I understand that we look at Boston and Tampa Bay and go, holy hell, like those are really solid, deep teams. But like, flawed team, every team in the salary cap era is missing a little something. And I know Boston makes it feel like they're not. Maybe they're the exception to all this. And maybe you never see Boston at all. But like, Teams are flawed. Flawed teams win the Stanley Cup. Those Penguins team that won it in 17, 16 and 17, flawed. You know, the St. Louis Blues were not a perfect team. You kind of got to get lucky on the way. You got to put yourself in the possess, best position possible. 
And to me, that involves taking a couple of big cuts here in the next couple of weeks. All right, the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Montreal Canadiens uh, at home tomorrow night. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, is this our first Kipper Clipper? I've lost Se- track. Second, I think. Second. Third? Second. Just our second on the Habs. Oh, yeah, that we went Samsonov on the update. Yeah. Let's go hear his thoughts on what he sees out of Montreal tomorrow night. I think, first of all, Marty does a good job of keeping them engaged. And, uh, you know, they, they the young players they have play with lots of speed and spirit and, and energy, and I think some of their older guys are, I'm sure, are feeding off of that. And that's the, at least the vibe that I get. You know, I'm watched too much outside of the games that we've played against them, but uh, you certainly feel it in those moments and in those games that they've just got good spirit and energy about them. They just continue to, to to make it hard on you every night, and if you're not at your best, they're going to beat you. I mean, it's it's not just us. Uh, you know, they've they've given it to some other teams here of late, and. And uh, they hang around in games and make it tough. Third subpar team the Leafs will face this week. And Mm -hmm. we've seen the tale of two of them where Columbus ended up playing them harder uh, than Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm. Where's Montreal going to fit into this? It, you, I don't think there's any world where the Montreal Canadiens, coached by Marty St. Louis, don't play hard as hell tomorrow night. In It's because it's in Toronto tomorrow night, right? It's at the Scotiabank Arena? It is. Yeah, it's. listen, there's a lot of dog games for them, too, in terms of just kind of playing out the season here. But Montreal-Toronto on a Saturday night, it, you know, that's... That's one of the ones that they'll get up for and play hard. They still oh, got yeah. pros in their team. Like, they're, you know, that'll be a hard play game. It's not going to look like uh, Chicago on Wednesday, that's for sure. No, you're getting the best of the Montreal Canadiens once again, as you always do. And it's just a matter of convincing the players to bring to the best of the Maple yes, Leafs. Yes. Absolutely. All right, let's go to a man that uh, knows the Montreal Canadiens better than anyone. Renaud Lavoie joins us now from TVA Sports, the NHL uh, network correspondent. Does a terrific job. We're awfully lucky when we get him on this show. So let's take full advantage of it uh, with, what, two weeks, less than two weeks to go to an NHL trade deadline. First and, for, first and foremost, Renault, uh, how are you and uh, how busy are you these days uh, working the phones? Yeah, hi, Nick. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a little less busier um, than uh, in the last few years. Uh, for many reasons, first of all, if you look at the Montreal Canadiens, there's a lot of injured players right now. Uh, second of all, if you look around the league, you, you, you see that the you know that flat cap is really hitting uh, everyone. Uh, that it's tough for teams to to make trades. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, you know, I've I've heard uh, uh, Julian Brisebois a couple of uh, weeks ago saying it's uh, really quiet. I checked again. Uh, what what the Lightning wants to do? Uh, they they don't have any cap space. They they did they said that last year they made a, a few good trades. So you never know what's going to happen next. But um, you know if you look at their history, they would have probably pulled the trigger already. So we'll we'll see how things are going to turn out. Um, two weeks it's 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 pretty long, but if you look at it, it's quieter now than it was last year. Ren, we had uh, Mark Lazarus uh, covering the Blackhawks on yesterday, and he described the Blackhawks yeah. as an everything-must-go fire sale. Uh, what mm-hmm. are the pieces up for auction uh, out of the Montreal Canadiens store right now? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, you look at uh, you have two assets that probably if they were LT, they would have been probably traded. I'm not going to say already, but 
I'm sure that a lot of teams would have been calling. Sean Monaghan is skating right now by himself, but I don't think he's ready to play yet. Hopefully, he's going to play before the the trading deadline. So the team is playing at Toronto tomorrow. After that, uh, they're going to fly home for practice on Monday. Uh, They're going to play Tuesday in in, uh, Newark, New Jersey. After that, in Philly on Friday, Ottawa at home on Saturday, and they're going to leave before the trading deadline to the uh, the uh, western part of the USA, so California. Um, so, I mean, you hope that he's going to play at least three or four games. Uh, the other uh, defenseman available um, was Joel Edmondson. I think there was uh, some pretty uh, big interest in him around Christmas time. Uh, but you know, we all know that he's he has a, a back injury. It's lingering over uh, uh, since now a few years. So um, he's skating in Montreal by himself. Um, but it's that there's still a lot of question marks. There's another year left uh, in his contract for Joel. So it's not the end of the world if he's, if he's not traded the, before the deadline. And after that, well, you have your usual suspects, right? Um, what's going to happen with uh, Evgeny Dadanov, uh, Jonathan Drouin, players like that. But there's a good chance that these two players are going to stay in Montreal. So, it, strangely, maybe we're going to see some action, but don't hold your breath right now because the, the pieces that were supposed to be traded probably won't. So that's the reality right now. No, uh, such a demand on on defense and we've seen it over the last few years and some of them maybe even overpriced Uh, David Savard comes to mind in terms of two years ago being this real sought after guy Tampa Bay ends up getting him and then slots him in a five or six position uh, on their hockey club Joel Edmondson's a guy that we hear often linked to say Edmonton or somebody that needs a shutdown guy I know you mentioned the bad back but I get the sense he really doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, you mean he doesn't want to leave Montreal? Yes. That's what you're, yeah. Well, you know what, Nick? For sure, one thing about, about Joel Edmondson, he's a real pro. Um, you know, even when he was not playing uh, last year and there was no captain uh, for the Montreal, uh, Montreal Canadiens, Nick Suzuki wasn't named yet, um, he was the captain of that team. Uh, he was the one making sure that every, everyone was happy, organi- organizing events, uh, team events, stuff like that. So he was really, really involved uh, with the team. It's, uh, it's someone that I, I think it's really easy to like. Uh, I talked to a few of his uh, ex-players, uh, ex-teammates in, uh, in St. Louis. They were always saying the same thing. You know, that guy, that guy's got a special personality. He's a u- unique human being, and it's uh, easy uh, to spend some time with him and to be close uh, uh, to him. So uh, I, I feel like, you know, for him to, to leave again another franchise after leaving St. Louis, Carolina, now Montreal, I'm pretty sure it's not something that he's taking lightly. But we'll see, Nick. I mean, is he, first of all, you need to know, is he going to play another game this year? We don't know that. Um Hopefully, the answer to that question is yes. But he, he needs to play more than 30 games. Um, and, and so we'll see. Our, our 
how things are going to evolve. If you look at the Montreal Canadiens, there's a lot of young defensemen coming in. There, there some are here, but some will will be there next year, um, and that's that's going to push some veteran defensemen aside. So uh, that that's why I I wonder if there's a future for him. Uh, but one thing for sure, if you're asking him, do you want to leave Montreal? I'm pretty sure that the answer is no. Ren, when Marty St. Louis got hired, a lot of people were talking about how he was the right guy to sort of grow alongside this young team uh, and given where they were in their arc towards getting better. I guess I'd just like to check in on that and how it's going. Has it been any different than expected with St. Louis along the way? Well, you know what? Uh, No, things uh, are really coming along in a way. uh, You see that the team is playing better. The the real problem for Martin and the rest of the of the players is really, you know, night after night, they're not playing with the same lineup. That's, that's the reality of that team. And it's going to change again for tomorrow's game in Toronto uh, with uh, Justin Barron being injured. So again, they need to, to change the lineup. Uh, it's not an uh, easy for the players coming in. Um, but one thing that I notice is the, the players are, are playing better together. Um, and if you look at last night game in Carolina, the team played well. After 40 minutes, uh, it, it started going, uh, you know, down the hill a little bit. And Martin Saint Louis, even if he was playing the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, you you felt like he was hurting. That that you know things were not going in the right direction. And he called a timeout, and he was not happy. If you look at it, it's a way to to say to to the players, you know what? Uh, we we can we I can easily say we're playing the Hurricanes. It's obvious that we're not going to win tonight. But that no, that the, now it's all it's about how you work, not only the effort but how you work inside the system. And I think Martin was pretty upset last night. Some and he sent a message at. It's not because we're playing one of the best teams in the league that we're going to accept what's going on right now. And I was happy to see that. I feel like this team is turning the corner, uh, and I feel like they're going to be uh, they're going to be way better next season. Hopefully, they're, if if they're healthy. We're talking to Renault Lavoie from TVA Sports NHL Network, one of the best out there, uh, especially this time of year. Uh, the name Josh Anderson and Ken oh. Hughes has brought him up on occasion, and really gives giving everybody the sense that uh, he's not going anywhere. But he kind of yeah. leaves a little bit of a window, almost like somebody make me an offer I can't refuse. Is is there the thought that that could actually happen? Because you know, Rennie. This guy's a talent beyond belief. They don't grow on trees, these Josh no. Andersons, Tom Wilsons. But there is a little bit of an inconsistency in his game that uh, maybe Montreal may find frustrating at times. But, well, man, he'd be a, a, an interesting guy to, to think about trading for right now. No doubt. And you look at, you know, probably the Calgary Flames who are dreaming uh, of him, uh, rightly so. Um the problem, and Nick, you look at his contract. There's another four years left at 5.5 million per. Um, I mean, there's it, you need to be really creative to to make that deal work, and not only work for the Flames, but it needs to work for the Montreal Canadiens, the player that they're going to get in return. 
needs to fit under what they believe is uh, the future of uh, of this franchise. So, um, you know, can it be another team than Calgary? Probably, but the flat cap is really hurting a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of teams. That being said, there's a if you look at uh, at the Montreal Canadiens right now, um, he's a leader. He's a guy that uh, the kids likes to be around. Um, he's a really good teammate. Why would you trade a guy like him right now? I, I know it's not uh, Jeff Gorton or Kent Hughes that signed him uh, two years ago, but that being said, um, that's the type of a player that you're you're dreaming of adding because of a not only because of his skills, more about his size. Um, he's so fast. Um, he can take care of himself. And can he can help teammates? It, 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 trading a guy like him, it's it's not going to be for first pick. That's it. That's all, right? Needs to be way more than that. And I'm not sure that teams are ready uh, to give a lot of uh, pieces for him. Not because they don't like him. It's just a question of how how is he going to fit under the cap? And that's that's the biggest problem right now. So I, I'll be shocked. If he's traded, it could happen, but I'll, I'll be shocked if it happens. Well, and the one thing we know that Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield aren't the biggest guys out there. No, and exactly. there, there's a, there might be a little bit of a concern is if you lose him, uh, <laughs> you know, it maybe makes them more attractive to go run. And, you know, is there, is there a little concern with Cole Caulfield all of a sudden uh, done for the season with a shoulder injury and how many, how many teams would take a run at this guy knowing that, uh, you know, he's not well, the biggest guy in the world. That's that's a great question. Um, and that's, uh, Nick, one of the reasons he was shut down. Not because he was hurting. It, it was really if something else happens on the ice, what's next for him? What kind of surgery he's going to have? And, and that's why I think they really uh, made the right decision just to shut him down to make sure, to be 100% sure that he's going to be ready for next season. And I, I, you know, I crossed that with, uh, with Cole uh, a couple of times uh, this week. And believe me, he looks like a happy camper. So that means that things are trending in the right direction for him. Uh, he, he looked like uh, himself uh, probably wasn't feeling that way before the surgery. He was pretty upset that he had to uh, go through this. But I, I think that there's no doubt that he's going to come back. Uh, healthy next season and and you mentioned really something important here when you were talking about Josh Anderson and his size versus the rest of uh you know the the group that I think it's so important for how many years we said that the Montreal Canadiens were too small right and and you look at one player that's really uh having success right now Raphael Harvey Pinard that you're going to see tomorrow on the first line uh he's not the biggest body out there either so if you get rid of Josh Henderson, is there another uh, six foot three, 215 pounds coming in? The answer to that is no. So before making a move, you need to be really careful, careful thinking. Or is that player available, uh, uh, you know, on July 1st? I don't think so. Okay, so but there's I, no reason. I, I got to use your... your your expertise insiders kind of feel right now. So I'm, I'm combining what you might think you, you, you may know, but your feel now. 
I'm watching a struggling Jonathan Huberto in Calgary. Yeah. And yeah, I you're... and I think that there if if there if it's not a good marriage there, there's only <laughs> one place this French star <laughs> could go. Kipper. Whoa. Let's talk. You're, you're, Huberto you're... in Montreal, my friend. Now you're back in action. Now I, I, I'm looking at you in the Ranger uniform, you know, right now. And <laughs> make, make, look at me in the eye and say, do you want to go? Let's go, right? <laughs> my, answer, my answer, Kipper, is no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing anything with you. I'm not going to mess with you. But, but, but one thing for sure, uh, you know, I think that it's a great question, but is it too early to talk about that? Let's finish this season and let's see what's out there because you you have Pierre-Luc Dubois who's playing for the Jets um, and I know he's having a really good season and it's fun to watch the Winnipeg Jets. Because of that, is he going to stay there or is there probably before the start of this season there was zero chances that he was staying. Now, where are we? Uh, less, uh, like, is there anything, can you go further down than zero? Okay, <laughs> but but... So, what's if you're the Montreal Canadiens? How much room you, you have? Wait, well, you, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois or Jonathan Umberto, who's, who, who I think signed the biggest contract ever in the NHL for a player that's over 30 in the NHL. So that's that that contract is going to kick in kick in next season, right? So that's a lot of money for Jonathan, and you have Pierre-Luc Dubois, who probably is going to make less. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's as good. He's probably not as good uh, as Jonathan, but but he can do a lot of different things on the ice too. So my answer, Nick, right now is a big no. But I'm not closing the door. If 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 there's a possibility this summer, we'll see. I'll be shocked though, because if you look at the way that the Flames are are working right now and the way things are going, it's not trending in the right direction. Right. And I, 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 I listened to what the coach said last night there. It's everyone's fault except, except his fault. So you, you have to wonder what's next. Brenny, we really appreciate your time as always. And it goes by so quick. Uh, thanks for doing this, pal. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. One of the good ones in the business. So the flames signed Uyghur, and Huberto to monster deals, and now they're going to trade both of them. Can you imagine? Who, that would be an electrifying story. That our show has placed Huberto and Dubois in Montreal and <laughs> traded Uyghur to Ottawa in the last two days is <laughs> unbelievable pre-deadline talk. Uh, it's ugly in Calgary, boys. Oh yeah, really ugly. Really. Did you guys ugly. see the Walsh tweet? Yeah, we're oh, going to yeah. get into that later on in the show. We're going to take a Good. quick break now. There's no time. Maybe we'll bring it up with they, Doug they, McLean. He'll take it off the rails for they us. They stink. They're I, not I fun just to watch. Don't understand this. I watched a bit of the game last night. There's just no identity. I'm the, no, I'm like, on the coach, boys. Yeah, it's he, he's the coach. Yeah, he is definitely one of those guys, right? Like the guy that comes in and he's a torts ass guy that comes in, gets everybody kicked in the you know where. Everyone's falling in line, and then after a couple of years, everyone goes, to, "We're still doing this. We're doing this again, eh?" Yeah. Oh, get the out of here. Then. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, Brooksy. Yeah. Right. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Doug McLean. I guess that's what I'm break. saying, Brooksy. <laughs> what I'm saying. Okay. What are we saying on the real Kipper and Bourne show? Okay, plenty of 
Still to go. We're mm. going to take a quick break, listen to these words, and we're back with Doug McLean. Breaking down the biggest trends in hockey, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got so much to get into with our next guest, Doug McLean. We're not even, we don't care about golf scores. We don't care about pickleball. We don't care about walks on the beach. We're just going to get right into it. What's going on? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> making sure Doug sounds ideal because I know you get pissed off. So I really sure. do. <laughs> yes. Adjusting the bunny ears there on the uh, connection. JB, you know, where I'm go- you, you know where I'm going with Mac. I was just telling everybody, Mac, I hope you're on right now and not um, – Sounding like you're on uh, Pluto or anything that we're getting right into it. Don't care about golf scores or, you know, your your long walks on the beach. Don't care. We're going hardcore today. Whatever you want. Okay. I'm here to please. All right. So one of the bigger stories right now is... Are we on the air? Are we on the air? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you were just prepping is, me. Is I thought it, you were just prepping me for the this, show. Is this thing on... Is, is it on? Yes, we are. We're live. We're good. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were prepping me like you used to do with no, Sportsnet. No. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. No. Okay. Go ahead. Ask me anything you want. Biggest story right now: Alan Walsh, Jonathan Huberto, the Calgary Flames. Alan uh, is doing Alan Walsh things and sending really strong messages. We know the one that's uh, infamous. Uh, uh, in terms of Vegas, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, but now the focus is on uh, Jonathan Huberto, one of the biggest stars from last season, 115 points on pace for 55, and uh, Alan Walsh basically called out Daryl Sutter. Is that the way you saw it? That's the way I saw it, and I guess the only thing Alan forgot to mention in his call out, first of all. I, somebody said that, uh, you know, I'm sure Allen would have checked with Huberto before he put this out. Like he always, like he checked with Flurry and like he checked with whoever else he's called out. But Huberto's saying he didn't know anything about it, which caught me a little off guard. Okay. The only thing Allen forgot to mention in there is this guy's on pace for 50 points or something. 55, 56. And, and getting moving on from a 5.9 to a $10.5 million eight-year deal. And he's one of the reasons. So maybe Daryl Sutter's made some mistakes there as a coach. He's only won two or three Stanley Cups, but I guess he's probably made some mistakes along the way because he's too hard on the guys. And he's not making it fun for them. Imagine not having any fun. They're not in the playoffs, and he's not making it any fun for them. Oh, my God. So mention, if you're going to mention Daryl and throw Daryl under the bus, mention that your guy hasn't actually performed up to his potential or what they're paying him for or what they brought him in there to do. And, you know, there's two sides to every story. So I'd like to know if Huberto really did know. And then I get a kick out of what the player's response was. We don't care what those guys on the outside say. We're just worried about 
in the dressing room. And you know that yourself from being in a dressing room. That's all you care about is the guy sitting next to you. If Huberto initiated it, that would bother me, and I'd get to the bottom of it. Well, you know, I, I was wondering how you thought the front office would handle that. If, you know, your star player's agent tweets something like that, your star player is obviously unhappy or is, you know, talking crap behind the scenes. Would you call the guy in and be like, what's going on? You got a problem? Your star player? Who, who's the star player? Well, whatever you want to call the guy who was oh, third in Hart Trophy oh, no, voting no, no, last year. The guy that's supposed to be a star player. There yeah, it is. You're right. You're, you're right. The guy that's supposed to be a star player. Yeah, you would. You would. <laughs> you would definitely talk to him. Daryl wouldn't talk to him. Daryl could care less. But I would think Tree Tree Living would talk to him and say, "Hey, you know, really, what's going on? You know, are you is there is there something bigger going on here?" But we this happened with Iserman and Drewan. This happened with Flurry. And and I love the players' response. Come on, we got enough issues. We got we got to win some hockey games. We can't worry about a distraction like Alan Walsh. Like seriously. So and you know what? Most players, like if Alan didn't talk to Huberto, like Huberto saying, then you know Huberto should be. You know, most players would be insulted if their agent come out against the coach when you're in the dressing room and a member of the team. That's how I would think they would feel, you know. I, I I really think that's how they would feel. I don't think Huberto would feel great looking at his teammates today. Now I know Daryl's not a pleasant guy to be around. I know he's a tough, hard-nosed coach. I get all that. But this team's fighting for their playoff lives, and they don't need this distraction from a guy who's underperformed dramatically this year. And I have to like Allen. I have to like Allen. I mean, you know, I know he was a star in the in the O.J. Simpson trial. I don't know what he did, but he tells me he was a star in the trial. I didn't see him on TV in any of the. He sure as hell hasn't been in any of the movies I've watched since. But he told me he was there. So anyway, uh, so anyway, you must have had a couple of run-ins with uh, Alan Walsh over the years, right? Oh, I got a kick out of him. I was sitting in a restaurant one night with my staff, and I saw him across with a, with three or four of his players and I and I um I just sent him a note and he he or I phoned him and he didn't take the call that's what it was I phoned him because I was going to tell him I was in the same restaurant and I see him showing the phone around all the players who it was that he rejected the call from and they were laughing having a great time wow. I'm, looking at this clown. I'm looking at the clown and then I sent him out hey I'll uh, I see you're passing your phone around laughing about rejecting my call I'm just right across here and I he looked over and I waved to him. <laughs> hey. But you know what? We all we've always had a good we've always had a good relationship. Then there was one night I was on the desk and I must have criticized one of his players and he snapped on me and sent me this wild text when I was on the set and I sent back, Shut your mouth or I will bury you for the rest of the year every night I'm on TV. <laughs> so, so that's our relationship. But see and he blamed me for ruining Marty Straka. They traded Straka. Straka helped helped us win in the playoffs, and then they traded him after I left Florida, and I guess he blamed me for that. I don't know. I think it was him, or maybe it was Rich Winter. I don't know. I, I, they're all the same, you know. Anyway. I was just expecting you to say, yeah, I've had a couple of dealings with him and then moving on, but uh, oh, okay. uh, well, I, a, a, excellent. Uh, uh, I, and I like Alan. I like him. Look, he was a great trial lawyer for OJ, obviously. He did a hell of a job. Well, what is I with this OJ thing? thing? What are you talking about? 
have I ever told you my OJ story? Was a prosecutor. In it LA. was actually you. No, uh, what's his name? <laughs> told me he was one of the he was one of the lawyers on the OJ Simpson trial. <laughs> Alan really? Was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So I I'm in I'm in the Bahamas and I'm in a we're in a restaurant waiting for a table. And Jill and I are there, and Jill's over to the side, and she's talking to these two little kids over in the bar while we're waiting for the table. And this guy comes up to me, he said, hey, uh, and his name was Tim, Tim Roby. His father owned the Miami Dolphins at the time. And he comes up, and he said, hey, coach, how you doing? I was coaching the Panthers at the time. He said, hey, coach, how you doing? And I'm, he said, hey, you know, everything's great. Love we're going to the games. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, hey, let me introduce you to my friend. I turned, and he introduced me to O.J. Simpson. This was a week after he got off the trial. I almost fainted. No. <laughs> I almost fainted. OJ's looking me right in the eye, and I wanted to just, oh, are you kidding? I, there's nobody I hate it more in my life, and I'm face-to-face. And then I look over, and Jill's playing with it, just talking to his two little kids. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, get me out of here, please. Anyway, that's just a con- another story. But anyway. Uh, I don't even know where to go right now. Uh, with you, uh, talk about oh, no, off the no, no, rails. No, no, no. I, one more, one more, uh, Mac. Uh, and this is going to kind of lean towards your your president. Uh, you know, uh, general manager cool. kind of uh, experience here. But you know, Brad Tree Living makes this trade, and at the time, it was like a really tough situation because Matthew Kachuk had already publicly stated he's not coming back. Jonathan uh, uh, Goudreau, two-star players, knowing that you're not getting back. And he goes out there and he finds this trade. And the hockey world is calling him executive of the year, and this is going to be something that uh, could help Calgary now get to a Stanley Cup final. But is there any thought that maybe there should have been more um, thought into Jonathan Huberto and and the type of player he is and where he's coming from with his 150 po- 15 points in Florida where they played this at times Harlem Globetrotter look east west dropping passes blowing the zone early like they had this real good thing going that worked all season long and then you you put him in a Daryl Sutter environment where it's just east and west. Sorry, I don't do east and west. I do north and south. And was it doomed from the get-go is my question to you? Yeah, you know what? I guess the the, the one thing, is, first of all, you're losing Matthew Kachuku. You know what he's going to bring to the table wherever he plays and how important a guy he is on your team. And then you go to, and you bring in a guy and look, I, I thought he recovered nicely the tree living from the trade because he was in a horrible situation. But look, the situation was Barkov is an unbelievable power centerman who unfortunately doesn't pick up his pace at playoff time. Let's hope he does this year. If they happen to get in, pick up his pace and play at that, that patient. But in the regular season, he's one of the best two way centermen in the league. And he, and, Huberto were unbelievable magic together. I don't think they have a centerman in in Calgary that's close to him. And I don't have Huberto as a guy that carries a team. I have him as a secondary type of guy, almost similar to what a Kessel is. Scores, makes plays, playmaker, great passer, but he's not a he's not a driver. He's more of a 
a guy that is a, a secondary type of guy who's a hell of a player and a good kid, apparently, a good kid. So it's a really two different type of players. And when you're not a driver and you don't have that big power centerman to play with them, it, it makes for a tough, a tough situation. It's tough for Huberto. He, he's not, he's not getting the same opportunities. He's not making anywhere close to the same place and he hasn't been nearly as good. But when you look prior to that, you know, his points were good, not great. He had the big one, big, big year. What? 115 points. I believe it was, by the way, I have to correct myself. Alan, Walsh was not on OJ's team. He was in the prosecutor's office uh, with Marcia, I, I believe, with Marsha Clark. I'm glad you corrected me. <laughs> yeah. Now, who, who, but who, even in the who movie with listening? Clark, Quiet for a second. See him in the, I didn't see him in the movie with Marsha Clark either. Anyway, okay. First of all, name, um, Clark. Uh, I just want to get my who, facts straight. Who tweeted that to you? Listening. That's what I want to know. Oh, a good friend of mine just sent me a note just because he's he's a, he's a fa- it's like the Trump fact checkers. They want to check, they want to. OK, there was 40 lies on the Doug McLean interview. today. <laughs> well, there was 31 of Mal. Well, not quite factual. Anyway, <laughs> don't let the truth get in the way of a good story with Doug McLean. But it was a true story with Tim Roby introducing me to OJ. How bizarre is that? But anyway. Hey, by, anyway, the, by the way, before you came on, we 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 traded Huberto to Montreal. We said that's the only thing left yeah, right now to do. We did. Yeah, and I I don't know that who who's going to go the other way. Kirby Doc. Yeah, um, we didn't get that Caulfield, far, Doc. Caulfield, <laughs> who's going the other way? Uh, I don't think they're going to take Harris, the young defenseman, or. Justin Barron, I don't think they're going to take any of those guys. I think, I think you know, that's going to be a tough deal to make. Yeah. Maybe Shibakoski. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Uh, Doug, we've been talking on this show about, you know, are the Leafs too far behind Tampa and Boston to justify making a big swing? Uh, your boy Kipper, Sammy, are, are hesitant to want to trade the first and nice, given it's probably not enough to, to be on those teams' level. Where are you in what uh, the Leafs should do in terms of aggressiveness heading towards the deadline? Well, they got to be real aggressive because it's not about catching Tampa or Boston. It's about it's not about catching them. It's about playing them in the playoffs and playing with them in the playoffs. So you've got to you and you can't lose for a seventh year in a row in, in the first year if those facts are correct. I think it's six they've missed. It, so I think I'm right on that. You got to you got to swing for it. But but what do you if you're going to give up a first and nice? What are you going to do? Is Patrick Kane the type of guy you want? I mean, I love Patrick Kane. I love Patrick Kane. But is he the guy that's going to beat Tampa? Where is he going to play? Is he going to play in the third line? Is he going to play in the first line, second line? You know, how is his, how healthy is he? You know, Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, if he can been playing the third line and, and be able to go head-to-head with Paul and the big boys in Tampa, that's great. But who, who are you going to get that's going to help you beat those teams? Because they got to beat Tampa in the first round. And I think it's going to be a heck of a series. I've said this for two months. I think this series, people are going to be surprised how well the Leafs play. If they get the goaltending and if their third line can compete with the Paul line and whoever else is on the third line. Okay, here's your choice. A first in knives for 
Timo Meyer or two solid top four or five defense? Well, see, I think they have enough skill. I think they have enough skill to beat Tampa. I think they have enough in their top six to beat Tampa. I'm really worried. I'm really worried about their bottom six, and I have been for three years. I've told you guys in this show for three years. I'm hoping it's going to be better this year because analytically, they have not, they've turned every stone over analytically the last three years to bring in these super midgets to play (laughs) super midget eight, like midget style players that skate. We, they need grinders. They need hard-nosed guys to play in the trenches. And they haven't – I still don't think they have them. So if they add a piece there or a couple pieces there and add one defenseman, I think they got a chance. I think they got a hell of a chance. If Samsonov stands on his head and matches Vasilevsky, they have a chance. Doug, who do you think um, in the East is is likely to find their way into the playoffs? I'll give you the handful of teams around the bubble right now. You got Pittsburgh and Washington in the wild card spots with Florida, the Islanders, the Red Wings, and Buffalo all chasing them. Who do you oh. like in that chase? Seriously, it's unbelievable. It really is yeah. unbelievable. And I mean, I love I love Buffalo some nights, and then I watch them in the biggest game of the year come out just. They were outshot 20-4 to four in the first period against Calgary last week. I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I Look, Florida's good enough to get in there. They're really good enough to get in there. The Islanders have blown it with some terrible giveaways in late, late in Montreal and these games where they've just totally given up points. Washington with Ovi out is, becomes a real question mark for me to get in. And how do you go against Sid? I, I think Pittsburgh get in. And I think Washington has their hands full getting in. And, you know, Florida, to me, should be the best team, most experienced team to get in. I think they should be the team to get in. We're talking to former NHL president, general manager, and head coach Doug McLean. Mac uh, wrote an article again this week. Been doing it uh, for a little while now. This one was on Kyle Dubis. We mentioned Brad Tree Living uh, moments ago. There's another one that's playing out his option. Uh, my 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 column focused on the fact that in the past it was generally a, a standard that coaches and general managers would get an extra year to maybe take a, a little bit of the edge off. Is this where the NHL is going now with ownership groups saying no, the, those days are over? I, I don't I don't think it's it really is ownership saying that. I, I really think it's it's the president of the team that's probably saying that. I mean if, if an ownership is really ticked off and really fed up, in my opinion, that versus doing that, they should fire the guy, you know, instead of putting a, a GM in that situation. So uh, to me, it's it's probably the president that's making that call unless an ownership is really, really upset. I don't think the ownership is really upset with Dubas. I think they're saying, hey, he's a young enough guy. He's, he can prove himself. But it, it caught me off guard. Your article caught – I mean, it didn't, your article didn't catch me off guard because we've been talking about it. But I don't like it. I, I don't like why they would do that versus giving a guy an extra year. You don't see it very often. But you got it with tree living the same way, I guess, which also bothers me. So hold on for a second. Uh, let me get this straight. 
From from afar, you would probably hedge that there's some friction between Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas, uh, more so than an ownership group. I, I just I don't know if there's friction between those two, but I would think it would be the president that would be making that call. I mean, ownership might, but I can't believe I can't believe that the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, the guys that are on that board would make that call because to me, if they make that call, that's showing Brendan doesn't have the power. We all think he has because Brendan, in my opinion, if the board said that to him, I would think Brendan would challenge them on that decision. That's, that's my opinion. And I think that board has got enough other things to worry about, especially at TSN and Sportsnet and other, you know, teams that I can't imagine they're that focused on the leaks. I can't imagine that that's their priority right now. So I, I'm a little surprised by it. All right, pal, we're going to let you go. We're running out of time. Really hardcore stuff. I learned so yeah. much about uh, the OJ trial, I guess. John Shannon sort of indicated Damian Cox is your guest writer. <laughs> that can't be true, is it? <laughs> See you later. Oh, my God. He just <laughs> gave it to me on his way out. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> I'm clipping that one because uh, I want to get rid of the one that says you don't listen to us when you're not on it. Oh, he's <laughs> he's like, I'm already he's gone. already He's already yeah. at the beach. Um, did you guys find it interesting that he thinks it's Brendan Shanahan's call on Kyle not getting any type of extension? Yeah. I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation. I am curious to know how it all played out. It's funny because, like, honest, just in, in a vacuum, it's not crazy to be like, I hasn't had a ton of success. He's under contract. Why do we have to do anything? But you're right. It just flies in the face of historical norms. So it is, it's a unique situation. You know, someone brought it to my attention that I don't know if how early this season or even last season, but uh, Kyle and Brendan were always in one of the the suites at uh, at uh, Scotiabank Arena, mm-hmm. and like lately, and I don't know how far back it is, but now he's up in the press box, and Dubises. yeah, and they're not together. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just yeah, yeah. just throwing it out there that it's been noticed by some. I I would say uh, that's not nothing. I think there's uh, something to that. Everything's I mean, great. I, listen, if you're reading into things, <laughs> that's something. No? It's it, Yes, it could be something and nothing, or it could be something and something. I, I don't yeah. know. You, well, Bordy, what do you think? You know, my gut is nothing. You know, but I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not worth bringing up and it's not worth talking about. But I'm saying my my gut is that you know the, these guys, if they had a problem with one another, one guy can fire the other guy. Well, what if, if we, he's not? You know, what if all of us came in the show and we just like sat in completely different spots, different spots, and didn't talk before the show? And then, oh, that's kind of like what we do. <laughs> we just fire you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we do now. We don't talk about the show. <laughs> so I'm just joking. But no, it's just to me like. Why are trying you to so find pissy? any sort of breadcrumbs. That's at least a breadcrumb to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's fascinating. It's uh, Sammy, our, our show, our whole show, the premise is on breadcrumbs. Yes. That's, <laughs> it should be called Real Breadcrumbs and Born. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But you know what? If you can't talk about that stuff on talk radio, what's it for? This isn't an article. It's a two-hour show. Listen, we're sniffing around here, all right? I love it. Hey, we only got, like, what, 26 games to go after the weekend here. Buddy, we, we got two deadlines. We got uh, the actual trade deadline and then the end, end of season. So we're, we're, we're getting close to one here. Well, this week is another Sahara of... Uh, things because they play one and, game and march against, is a landslide they, they play Mar- they play buffalo on tuesday which will be interesting and then they have they don't play again until friday they play friday sunday this week which is weird uh, next week and then the following week is it's the the oilers on wednesday night the trade deadline the flames the canucks it's like we're flying into some canadian themes so That's it's getting good. a little bit more exciting coming up here okay meaning that we're going to take a break then catch our breath Devin Dubnik, former NHL goalie, 253 career wins, is now uh, doing some analysis with the NHL Network, and he will join us after the break. You're watching and listening and hopefully giving us a rating and review. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Kipper, what are you eating? Oh, I had some pasta. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> I just wolfed down some pasta and some sausage. just mucking a garlic loaf between uh, I'm bits. horrible. Every, it, it, every once in a while, we find food in the, in the, you know, in the lobby. On the and floor. I'm like, yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I'm like, well, I don't even know where it Thank you very much. It was delicious, too. It was delicious. All right. As promised uh, before the break, Devin Dubnik now joining us, former NHL goalie, doing some analysis for the NHL Network. And uh, is it official, uh, Dev, that you're on the dark side of the media? It's official, yeah. Yeah, we've been uh, been doing it once a month, so it's fun. It, oh, yeah, it's fun until uh, yeah. Twitter gets a hold of you. No, I, I'm work. I'm doing my best. I don't. I'm not on Twitter. But I'm doing my best to not say anything well that means you're off to a good point. start yeah yeah well we really appreciate you joining us um and first off you can't yeah it's good that you don't know what's on twitter it's just the only way to go it's a hellhole uh anyway i thought we'd get you on and <laughs> yeah. ask you a few questions about a couple of former teams one in particular catches my my eye right now the edmonton oilers uh, looking like, I don't know, favorites in their division, maybe favorites in the West. What are your thoughts on the Oilers, where they're at, and their chances at something bigger than just making playoffs this year? Yeah, well, I think they took a really big step last year um, with with how far they got, uh, you know, winning two rounds. And, and then I think, I mean, it was probably a lesson as well. You get, you know, they're playing great. It was huge. You could see the, the emotion and the excitement of them. Uh, getting to the to the conference final and then and then but then you run into Colorado and you see, you know what you have to be in order to take that next step to the Stanley Cup final. That's that depth mm. and that, you know, I mean there was just there was just no there was no holes in Colorado, and I mean they showed it throughout the entire playoffs and that's, you know, Tampa's kind of similar. Like that's that, I think that's a good thing for them to see. Last year they took a big step, but they they saw what it takes to get there and to, and to have a chance to win. And, and I mean, when you got the firepower and the weapons they have, the power play they have, you're always going to be, you're always going to have a chance. And, you know, they're constantly trying to add that piece. I know there's been lots of rumors, lots of talk about Carlson or Chikrin or, 
adding something, and I'm sure Kenny Holland's going to be going to be searching until the bitter end to, to add a piece that's going to take them over the edge. But you know, even in saying that, I, I just I think when you got McDavid and Drysaddle and Nuge and and these weapons, there's you're just you're always there and you're always going to have a chance. It's just getting over that next level of you know they got over that the first level and the second level last year. It's that next level to get all the way to the end. But when you got those guys. It's always a possibility. Devin, I, I think you're the perfect guy to uh, to talk about uh, Jack Campbell. Uh, maybe some similarities where you were both first-round picks. Uh, didn't hit it off uh, right away in your career. Had to work your your way up and then get to the point where uh, you're, you're both $5 million goalies. And uh, just your overall assessment of what you've seen out of Jack Campbell so far carrying a big contract, uh, managing it, and ultimately where do you see his story going for, for the rest of this the year? Well, it's, it's so good to see him go on the run that he has. Obviously, they lost last night, um, you know, but I think he'd won eight in a row before that. And, and it just felt good. You know, I, I, I felt good for him going in there. I thought it was a good good chance for him. And coming from Toronto, you know, obviously the, the pressure shouldn't be anything new for him but it but it, there is a change of pressure it is different when you know it's not not like he's playing with house money in toronto but he kind of you sign this big contract in edmonton and now everyone's expecting out of that that out of you and, and it doesn't always go perfectly smooth at the start obviously the start of the season was you know had everybody talking how could we sign this guy but i mean he's still a great goalie and so it's it's nice to see him have that turnaround and then they also have have a great uh, second goalie and Skinner as well. And I think that's going to be an important thing for them in the playoffs, you know, whoever's, whoever's hot, whoever they can play. Um, but, you know, I, I like Jack Campbell and I think that, that he's, he's starting to show now why they gave him that contract and, and same thing, what he did in Toronto. And, and uh, you know, he's a, he's a big time goalie and he can do it. But if, you know, if it slips up or, bounces go the wrong way or something's not going right. I mean, Stuart Skinner has been phenomenal this year as well. So I think that's a, a good thing for Edmonton. And also, in, you know, talking about Skinner, the fact that I think that that helped. I mean, I, I'm sure Campbell was feeling a lot of pressure and, and feeling not very good about how things were going. And fortunately, you had Skinner step in and win games and, and keep them afloat so that the season wasn't a write-off and everyone could blame Jack Campbell for his start. You know, he was able to kind of find his way and get comfortable, and now he's starting to play better, a lot better. And he was able, and and they're right in the mix. And like you said, favorites to win that division because they've got two goalies now. Devin, what do you make of the of goaltending in the NHL today? And it kind of being hard to tell year to year who is going to be an elite guy. Like there's a handful of guys who stay at or near the top, but you know we see these random names kind of explode. They play 30 games and have wonderful numbers, and then some you know some great goaltenders. It, it really turns for them. Like how much of a knife's edge is goaltending? And maybe it's a mindset thing where where good goaltenders can have amazing years, and then the next year really struggle yeah there's there's just so many different uh variables as long as well as different pressures uh in being a goaltender like i just mentioned with jack campbell you look at like a jacob markstrom i mean this guy talent wise is through the roof he's got everything you'd ever want out of a goalie and he is the goalie that he was last year but there's different pressures you know he's 
he's this guy. He's he's one of the best goalies in the league. He's a Vesna nominee. You know, if there wasn't certain guys there, he he would he would have been at the top. And then you know he struggles a little bit in playoffs and in the second round. And and everyone's got all these questions all of a sudden. And then you come into the next year, and everyone's expecting that same Vesna performance out of you. But you got a different team now. They're not playing as tight defensively. All of a sudden, you start thinking about it. Things start to pile up, especially in a, in a high-pressure market like Calgary. And, you know, that's just one example of of a situation. I mean, there's other situations where guys will come in, you know, maybe a young guy, he gets the, the, the guy in front of him struggling. He comes in again. He's kind of playing with house money, no pressure, goes in there, plays great. But all of a sudden, when it when it becomes expected of you, it's it's easy. I shouldn't say it's easy, but it's easier when it's unexpected and you're just, everything's great. No one expected you to do this, but all of a sudden when it switches to, okay, now everyone expects you to do that. Then when it starts to go sideways, it's not like, oh, okay, well, that was nice, but we didn't really expect that. It's like, oh, what's happening now? There's all these different pressures and, and, and things change and evolve. And that's why, you know, the guys that play for a long time, they have to learn to adapt to that stuff. Devin, outside of Vasilevsky, we'll, we'll exclude him from this uh, this question here. But I know, he, it's, no, it's no fun to have goalie conversations because everything just is like, who's the best? Well, obviously, well, you know, uh, got to leave them out. <laughs> who, who do you like out there outside of Vasilevsky right now? And uh, and and you wouldn't have uh, you don't see them wavering at all between now and and what we'll see in the playoffs. Well, I got I got probably five guys, including Vasilevsky, uh, where I would say I think if they get to the playoffs, I think uh, Ilya Sorokin is, is ridiculously good. And uh, he's, yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Shesterkin is obviously, like, he's another, you got the Russian trio there. These guys are freaks. And they're incredible. Um, you got uh, Linus Ol- Olmark is, I think, I mean, I think he's Vesna right now. I mean, he's he's got like a nine thirty eight yeah. or something ridiculous, um, and obviously his record. He's been he's been incredible this year, and uh, and this isn't a fluke either. I mean, this is a guy when Buffalo was losing seventeen games in a row because he was hurt. He was the only guy that could could come in there and actually give them a half a chance of winning a game, and that's saying a lot for how they were playing. So this isn't this isn't a flash in the pan by any means. This guy's been good for a while. He just happened to be on a bad team and. And then uh, my other one's Jake Ottinger. I think, you know, I've been talking about him a lot this year, and, and I think that, uh, you know, that show that he put on in playoffs was no fluke at all. And, you know, i was been saying that through the summer and into into the start of the season, throughout the season. I mean, this guy's the real deal, and he's going to be good for a very long time. He's always in control, and he's, he's shown it every single game. Would you feel comfortable? Ah, that's not the right way to phrase it. What are your thoughts on Samsonov and Murray as the Leafs goalie tandem going into playoffs? There's this all-or-nothing year for the Toronto Maple Leafs, two goalies who have been good at various parts of their careers. What are your thoughts on what the Leafs have in net? I, I like it. I, I That was another thing that I talked about. I think uh, Samsonov, this is the first time I've said his name right, because first I said Samsonov, and then I got hooked on Samsonov, and now it's back to Samsonov. <laughs> um, Welcome to the media. So, yeah, I mean, I've mispronounced this guy's name a lot, but I was saying he's a guy that I don't think gets talked about enough. I think he's been phenomenal this year for Toronto, and you know, it's in Toronto, it's it's always Matthews, Martyr, and Nylander, and Tavares, these these big guys, which obviously deserve to be talked about. But Samsonov's been phenomenal this year 
for them, and you don't really hear about it. So I think that that he's a really good fit there. He's he's had a great year when there's been a lot of questions about that. Were those the guys to do it? I think Samsonov's shown that at, at the very least that you should be comfortable giving him a chance to go on a run. He's been great this year. Did did Colorado winning a cup with Darcy Kemper devalue how important goaltending is? Because very seldom did you ever see uh, a starting goaltender win a Stanley Cup and then just be kind of like, yeah, we're yeah, no problem. We'll get rid of him and replace him. I mean, that that never really happened before. No, I, I mean, I don't think so. That's a tough one because I, you know, I again, I last year in playoffs, I kind of having to go to bat for Darcy all the time, which it didn't really make sense to me. I mean, this is a guy that was one of the best goalies in the league in Arizona on, a, on not a very good hockey team. And then he came to Colorado and everyone's like, wow, I don't know, is this guy the answer? I'm like, well, I don't know, why, why wouldn't he be? He was, he's been one of the best goalies in the league on a bad team. And then he has a great regular season. They go into playoffs and they're like, ah, you know, is, is this going to be okay with Darcy Kemper in playoffs? And then all he does is go win the Stanley Cup. And they're like, wow, I don't know. Like, the team was really good. Like, the guys can't, like, what, what else? He brought, he got brought in there. They won a Stanley Cup. It's like, yeah, I don't know. But I just think that, that was a scenario where they couldn't afford to, to have him. I think, I think if, if, you know, you take away salary cap or situation, if they were if they could afford to bring Kemp's back, I'm sure they would have brought him back. But this was just a scenario they didn't really have a choice and they had an opportunity. I'm sure they talked to him and it wasn't gonna line up and Darcy earned his, his money that he needs to make uh in Washington and they were able to get a guy in Georgiev who's who's a great goalie that they you know, they were able to save a little little cap space. Um I just think it was more of a of a business thing than a you know, we don't need you anymore, see you later. But just just to touch on it, if I'm not mistaken, he they won a Stanley Cup. I think he had a save percentage of what nine oh two or something. That's not a typical. Hey, you need nine twelve, nine fifteen, nine twenty. You know, you went through a large stretch where uh, uh, Dev that you were up around uh, nine twenty, nine thirty. Your your numbers during a certain stretch were off the charts too. Yeah, for sure, and I think. I mean, in that, I would say it's just what he's called upon to do because, I mean, Colorado was just so dominant last year. And if you, yes, if you have a team that is as dominant as Colorado was last year and as dominant as they were through the playoffs, sure, you know, you can, you just find a goalie that's slightly above average or, or good and, and you can get it done. Um, for other teams, you know, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think for the most part, we don't see that very often for teams that are winning the Stanley Cup. You got guys that are needing to to go pretty crazy in the playoffs. So I'm, I think that maybe makes Colorado feel a little more comfortable making that switch. But I think for most teams, you know, you're going to need those numbers in order to get to the end. Hey, Devin, really appreciate your time coming on the show. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, we're Going to call on you again uh, real soon here. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, sounds good. Good, good chatting with you guys. Devin Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate former it. Former NHL goalie. Man, he had a good stretch, didn't he, JB, in his career? You know, I, I don't mean this at all to be disrespectful. I just am shocked looking at his career numbers, how great he was for a run of years there. You know, when he leaves Arizona and goes to Minnesota, it's 916, 936, 918, 923, 918. Like, played a ton of games, 550 nearly, and is a 914 first career. Unbelievable career, yeah. Devin Dubnik. Yeah.
And something tells me that Samsonov wouldn't get away with a 902 save percentage in the playoffs. <laughs> like <laughs> like Darcy Kemp, Kemper did. Yeah, no, that's probably not going to cut it. There's going to be a bit bigger ask here in Toronto this year, I think. Just a hunch. All right, we're uh, going down the stretch on our Off the Rails Friday. I'm back. Which means... Uh, apparently, my I tried to duck under the camera, and I failed miserably. So everybody watching on YouTube probably saw me. Oh, there, yeah, I just saw it. I completely blocked you out. We're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna read some uh, some tweets. You're gonna get some questions off of YouTube yeah. uh, on our Friday. But first and foremost, like what's going on with Tiger Woods here? Because oh. you called him out. You said he was gonna shoot a 93 <laughs> in his first round, and uh, he was pretty darn good. So yesterday he was excellent. He was in the late wave. He shot 69. Very nice. I think it was two under. It's a par 71 at Riviera. He was better than your 74 and a half by five and a half shots. Today he shot 74. He grinded towards the end. I think he's at plus one, which is on the cut number. So I think he might make the cut for the weekend, which is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. Like, for a guy that hasn't played, bionic leg, bionic back, sore, yeah. like everything. It's, I mean, it's just a testament to how Bruce incredible Ego. he is. Yeah. The, Bruce, the only thing you want him to make the cut for is to get the reps before Augusta. For like, sure. for those of us to be invested in Tiger and Augusta, you need a four-round tournament. And there, I will say that there is part of me that, you know, wishes he just kind of wasn't there on the weekend. Like, I'm, you know, because they spend a lot of time. I love Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is my favorite yeah. athlete of all time. But their golf right now is in such an incredible place. And you just worry about the amount of airtime that he sucks up with, you know, taking away from guys that are killing it right now. So that's part of it. But I'm happy yeah. to see him playing well heading towards major season here. Um, just one note. I mm. What did... Tiger Woods passed. To oh, I don't know. I don't. No Justin comment. Justin Thomas. No comment. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> is, is he in trouble? Oh yeah. 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 Let's uh, let's uh, let's got some questions here. <laughs> I got some questions here. Sammy, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I found myself like Sheldon Keefe trying to talk about yeah, the Blackhawks. Right. There, I was like, I don't think there's any way to approach this that people like. Uh, okay, I got this DM yesterday, and I thought this was a very interesting question. This is from YCN, and he DM'd me this. He said, first time, long time, love the show. Helps me get through work. I could listen to you guys chop it up all day. So that helps. Good start. Wondering if you could expand on Kane's inter- Kane and Tarasenko playing on their off wing. Why do players do this, and what's the point of a player being a left shot playing on the right side and vice versa? Thanks, pal. It just it opens you up. You're, you're on the side where... The majority of the play is going to lean towards. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, some guys can shoot the puck better off off their off wing. Mm-hmm. Mark Messier was famous for his shot off the wing far yeah. corner. I remember his 500th goal in that uh, capacity. But you were a winger. I was a winger. Borny, were you, you were a winger center? Winger. So you play, what wing do you play? I was on the left side. When you shoot I've left. Very uh, times I could play the right side. And you play, and you shoot left. And I shoot left. And Borny, you were right, and you shoot right, or the other way? Yeah, no, right and shoot right. Um, it blows my mind that anyone can do the off wing. Well, here's Steve the Larmer thing. was one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, so like in the think about being a right shot coming down the left side with your stick to the middle of the ice, I mean, it's better, right? It's better for passing options, shooting angle. One-timers. 
one-timers. It's better in a number of ways, but what happens is often you fly out of your own D zone crossing the middle. Like as a right winger with a right shot, I would come across and find myself in that spot. Offensively, that's fine. So I didn't feel like it affected me there. It's on breakouts. If I'm a right shot and I'm on the left wing and I'm getting a pass from my D-man, I don't want to have to take the puck on my backhand, make a move to my forehand to make a play with it. Yeah. It's a lot harder on breakouts to be to well, play your offside. You, yes. you're, you're essentially, if you want to have your stick along the boards, mm-hmm. you're right. essentially turning your back yes. on your defender, mm-hmm. which is Patrick Kane's backhand is good great. enough. Not many people's are. And some guys like to have their ass against the wall and would take it off of their inside skate, mm-hmm. usually... And kick right. it right up, and then Steve Larmer was great at actually um, on the on a, on a ring around mm-hmm. taking it on his forehand with his back towards the defender, taking one step back, mm-hmm. and then button hook, either skating it up or hitting a, a centerman. Hmm. That's the tough part is getting off the wall like that, right? Like getting it getting it into the middle of the Correct. ice, like Larmer would have done. And some uh, guys are just not comfortable. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I stunk. I stunk on the wall. Period. So I, I couldn't try, then try to do it on my back. There, there can't be many harder things in all of sports than trying to corral a puck off the wall that's rimmed around. Maybe like, the most underappreciated ability in the in NHL hockey is guys picking pucks up off the with spin. The puck spinning and you're picking it up well, and you've got to make a play with it. breathing down but, your but, neck. But that is yeah. that's like repetition, repetition. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, hundred of those things after practice every day. Constantly. Did you you worked on that, Kip? Oh, constantly. Yeah. I right. If you can't, if, if, <laughs> if you cannot come out of your zone, you, you can't play. Well, and you that's cannot play. Legitimately, when I talked, I got uh, sent down at Islanders camp and sent down to Bridgeport, and I was just like, yeah, just like, what do I need to work on? And they're like, just like, get off the wall once. <laughs> just, every you know, breakouts when the puck comes around, you got to find a way to get it to the middle. I, I feel like Mitch Marner is maybe one of the best the Leafs have at one touch, and it's somewhere good, yeah. right? It just it, it's in the middle; it's on someone else's stick. And, and like it, as a center, that just must be a dream having a guy that digs it off the wall like that and hits you in yeah. stride. Like that's just what you'd love, right? Anyways, yeah. Uh, Jake McIsaac on YouTube said, "Is there a world where the Leafs try to get Travis Konechny?" He's kind of like what Tampa did by getting Hagel, except he makes $4 million more. But uh, aside from that. I, I like him. Yeah. Sure, I think he competes, and uh, he's not your 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 typical kind of uh, look on the Leaf roster right now. Yeah, a little meaner. Let little me just ruder. be the guy sort of to remind everyone that they actually had the pick to pick Konechny and traded it for picks that became Dermot and Bracco. So I just yeah. thought I'd throw that out there. Oopsie. Right. That's an oopsie. <laughs> really no different than Seth Jarvis. <laughs> yeah. right? Did he not score a hat trick the other day? I don't know. I just try not to. I try to pretend he doesn't exist. That's for the Marlowe pick, right? They yes. traded. Oh, God. So Konechny's five and a half Schmill through 2025. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. That would, the, the cost would just be you're talking about our boy there, Nyes, if you will. You think? Oh, for Konechny? You think he's What's he, prime age on a good deal? Uh, yeah, I would probably say that's what I would try if I was Chuck Fletcher. You'd ask. Yeah. But who's not asking for Nyes? I think that comes down to Dubas kind of negotiating, he, right? Konechny's got you know, 26 goals in 50 games this year. Oh, yeah, he's on fire. That's the, yeah. the one thing... You got to keep realizing here is that you know teams like Philly or 
even Carlson. I know Carlson's, it's a long shot that he moves, but you still got to sell tickets. You still got to mm-hmm. sell advertising. Yeah. You still got to get people excited. Yeah, yeah. Can't just throw away good players. Like Konechny, you mean? Yeah. Like yeah, I know, I know, you're he's, right. He's a, he must be a, he's got to be a draw for still- some season ticket holder to say, hey, I like the way that guy plays hard and he gives it everything he has and I want to pay to see him. Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. next year. I don't want to come to the rink and see a, a first round prospect in your pool waiting for it uh, two yeah. uh, two years from now, three years from now. I want to I want to be entertained now. No, that's fair. I mean, listen, you you need to. You're still charged 150 bucks for tickets. You got to have somebody in your lineup that plays with some jam. How about this one? This is a down the. This is from our text line uh, from Jeff and Sarnia. Said, uh, "Hey, Kipper and Born." Uh, my buddy and I were talking about it the other day. If the Leafs traded for Kane, and we're tr- we were trying to figure out what number he would wear since Nylander wears 88, and if he would cha- if he would change for Kane, or would will he keep 88? Oh, you change for Patrick Kane all day long. No, Willie, no chance. Willie stays 88. Agree. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Willie Nylander's been multiple numbers on the Leafs. He doesn't I know, care. But, well, he can't. Well, so then but, he's going to make Pontus change from 29 Willie, to go back. If, if Willie was <laughs> yes. in year two or three. Yes. Agreed. Willie's an established player right now. Easily could have been an all-star, having a career year. The last thing Pat Kane wants to come and do is mess up Willie Nylander. I agree that Pat Kane wouldn't want to come in and do it, but if I'm Willie, I say, oh, it is a Hall of Fame three-time Stanley Cup champ here. I'll offer it to the guy. And he's made $80 million in his career, so maybe a Rolex? Uh, yeah. Maybe a Rolex, Patty? No, what do you want no, me to no, change? No, that ship w- would have sailed here. Do you have a number change toward anybody that you played with that had to change a number? Uh, no. Because you always hear those stories about guys like buying stuff for them and that kind it of thing. Like it feels like an NBA thing. Like, I don't, I don't like, think it was big. too many NHL If I'm not mistaken, uh, Adam Graves went from 11 to 9 two great when numbers, Messier though. came in. Two great numbers. Yeah. Yeah, but just to just to kind of finish off this conversation yeah. about Kane and, and Nylander, listen, if by chance on a long shot Kane ends up in Toronto, he's coming in for twenty games. Yeah, you're not that's coming true in too. stealing yeah, his yeah, number yeah. and then uh, resigning somewhere else. Just, <laughs> that, just, that's my line. If I'm Patty Kane or if I'm Nylander, I'm like, you can have it when I see the extension. It's not if happening. you're going to be here, then you can have it. But yeah, you don't just get to rent it while Willie's you're here. Willie's now one of the stars in the National Hockey League, yeah. and he's a he's he's, a, he's an all star for most. I would most say, people. Yeah, I think he would you be don't, selling you more. Don't come in and take his number. No, agreed. Okay, there we go. It's uh, a good question. I like that one. This is from a nameless text from the text line. Hate that, but uh, guys, I love the show. Good way to start. Should we be concerned if the Leafs go into the playoffs with Kerfoot still on the team? Think his value is overhyped by Toronto Media. I would say the opposite. He's not big or strong to help the bottom six and just doesn't contribute enough in the top six. The three point five million cap hit needs to go. End of text. Care to discuss? I think he's a serviceable player. I just don't know how hard he can play in the playoffs. I would have moved that contract a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They seem to really like him a lot. I wonder if part of it is just the the cadre thing, still like not wanting to let go of the fact that you have nothing to show for cadre. You think that would play into it? I don't know. I think that ship sailed. 
Buddy, we, that's know, a we, we know big it's a bad ship. trade. We we know it was bad. We know Barry um, didn't work out. It's just it's so over right yeah, now. I think I think I think the jury is not out on that trade. I think we all know there's been a, there's been a verdict. I will yeah. say this: the other night, watching maybe one of the best drags into the middle backhand. Oh my god! On the disallowed goal. Oh my okay. god! Th- that. Kerfoot's offside really bothered me. Really bothered me. I mean, it wasn't even close. And you took away maybe the dish of the year. <laughs> I agree. I was so sour right? that didn't go in because you don't get it to see the highlight. It was him who shot it in the net. That's <laughs> true. <Hey, laughs> hey, like, stay on side. Let's just start there. Yeah, I agree. But Or just, I mean... You could also look at the liney and be like, hey, buddy, call an extremely obvious offside. You know, yeah. you could put your arm up and blow the whistle. It was pretty clear that it was but offside. That, it is a shame that we need to keep that highlighted in rotation and strip it of its context because it is a nasty dish. Oh, my Lord. It was so but nice. But, like, Ker- Kerfoot is a guy who, you know, yes, he can fill in and he's a Band-Aid player and he doesn't hurt you in all these different places. But, like, we've talked about the lack of guys who do something impactful whether it's physical or offensive or defensive, he just kind of does everything okay. Yeah, and that's that. That may not be enough on a team here. Uh, Lou Lamoureux's line is, you know, the team's an orchestra. Everyone's got to play an instrument. You don't need a guy who can play every instrument a little bit. Like yeah. just specialize in something. Yeah, every team. Like I like the butcher too. You need a butcher, and it's like, yeah, he's not that. Anyways, no. So this is from. This is a weird question, but let's get weird on a Friday. Warrior Womp on YouTube, who always sends in. Great stuff for us. Big supporter. Yeah. If you could sign one of these players tomorrow to a seven-year contract, not eight, the max you can do, seven, who would it be? Would it be Michael Bunting, David Camp, or Pontus Holmberg? Well, can uh, I get Pontus for seven years at like a million minimum? and a half? <laughs> uh, which way do you want to go? Yeah. I. What's the age difference? Is Bunting and Camp it's, pretty comparable? I think they're all pretty. How old's Pontus? Pontus is kind of sneaky 20, old too, isn't he? Twenty-five, I think. He's yeah. he's not he's not uh, a spring chicken. I just feel like David Camp. He's, no, he is. Like, he's twenty-three. Okay, so yeah. So right. Pontus, not bad. Pontus is my answer. Yep. But what, again, what you got JB. Before you jump in, just yeah, what yeah. is the AAV? Right. That's it. Like, what are you asking Camp to be? If he's just a defensive shutdown guy and he's making one and a half like he does now, I'll take him for seven. Let's go. But if he's, you know, Bunting scoring 60 points right now, that's a big ask. I don't, I'm not confident he'll score 60 points for seven straight years. So he's more likely to disappoint at the end of that deal, I guess. Uh, for me, uh, Camp, Comp, Camp, Camp. Yep. Uh, it's Friday. Friday. It's Friday, 445. Camp, We're almost there, Bobby. Camp, his stock's <laughs> falling a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, is never scoring bad? Come on. <laughs> kick one in off your ass. Something. But it is bizarre that he had, what was it, a year, a shortened season where he scored zero. Then he comes in and gets like 11 in 40 games. He's on pace for a 20-goal season. And this year he looks like another zero-goal guy. I know he has four. But, like, four is not, not enough. Four is not enough. No. I And you might mention Michael Bunting there. I, I go through waves of approving of his game and disapproving of his game. We're in a we're in a downward right now. 
the yeah. the the extracurricular stuff. I know he quieted it down a little bit, but it's it's been in the wrong direction recently. Let me ask you a question because Bundy doesn't feel like the guy for me, but like the Leafs are tied in game seven and someone random comes up with a huge goal. Who can mm. you see it being out of that, uh, you know, out of the, the guys who aren't the big four? Love that question. It's almost like a text question that like you just came up with off the top of your head. <laughs> That's kind of how that worked. There's no what, reason who, who to you believe anybody. Yeah, no one? So nobody, no one? The most nobody. depressing answer. Yeah, okay. No one. There's no one. We are just now guessing and hoping. It's Engvall for me because he's got that random burst of speed, the random hard shot. He could just randomly fire oh. one through. How about – so it's not – it can't be the anyone outside of the big four? Big four is the only no-nos. All right, I'm going to go Mark Giordano. Okay. Somebody you know, finds his way but, through, but, fires the puck a lot. No, hard – Shot comes off the, the pad, lands on a stick around the top of the circle. He fires the top corner. <laughs> I just right. imagine that one there. You like that? Timmons. Oh, my God. I wanted to bring this up. 13 You're... points. Does he not have in, like, 21 games? I, I wanted to bring this up with you. Like, it's not bad. You said that. So, no. we didn't play the clip earlier because Justin Hall is back in the lineup tomorrow night. Okay. And Timmons is back, and we didn't play the clip. But I want to... Read we'll this. Play it. Well, I mean, whatever. It's he okay. said. Let's do it. Okay. Would you do you want to play the clip? Sure. Let's play the clip. Well, I didn't intend on having Justin out for too long. First of all, uh, you know, I think he's like I had said the other day. Uh, his to me, his game had slept a little bit, but he's played a, a lot of really good hockey. You know, him, he and Giordano, uh, if I'm not mistaken, are the only two to that you know, had played every game uh, to that point. And those those guys took have taken on a lot uh, and have been very consistent for us and given us a chance to be that that foundation at least the two of them and the and the the constant uh in our lineup and helped us through some very tough times uh he is on his worst day he's a top penalty killer kill, top penalty killer for us so all those kind of things you want to get him back in but at the same time you want to you want to be able to let him know that we're not happy that his game had slipped and you want to give opportunity opportunity to someone like Timmins but uh, the reality is that these are our six top defensemen. You want to get Halsey back in. So I, uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter for the Death Leaf stuff is Kevin Papetti. And he put out this tweet saying, with a poll, who do you think is a better player? Justin Hall or Connor Timmins? 71% of the people on over twenty over 2,000 votes would feel better. Voted with. Connor Timmins. Yeah. I, listen, in a hockey game in the listen, playoffs. Listen, that is like that's asinine to me. That is, it's actually, it's actually depressing. That uh, really hurts my feelings. Like, <laughs> which way do you go on that? Which way would you have voted, Kipper? There is just no way. I've been around the game a long time. There's just no way I could sit there and definitively tell you how Connor Timmins would handle from game one to a game seven against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I know. And I'm that's I'm on your side too. It's just I can't like I listen. I don't love Justin Hall, but I think the slander of Justin Hall is crazy. Like you know he. I know I'm preaching to the choir with the guy at home here, Borny. Yeah, like yeah, I'm preaching to the yeah. choir with you, but like we've seen good samples of Justin Hall. Yes, and right? he does a thing. I just talked about the orchestra. Like he, I'm not saying he's the lead guitarist, but I mean he does something pretty clear and important for the Leafs. Game five against Tampa Bay in a two-two series, and you got to kill a big penalty. You're gonna send you're gonna send Connor Timmins over the boards. That pucks in the back of your net in a second. Like I just, anyways, I I had to bring that up because I thought that was insane. 
What's that? What do they call it? Like, uh, uh, the prospect porn or whatever. Timmons still feels like that, where it's like, you know, people are in love with what he could be, but he isn't that yet. He may be something, he isn't it yet. And now, unfortunately, with most of these guys outside of Geo, uh, Brody and, and Morgan, is that you're going to ask a lot and still unproven. Yeah. Lilligren, Sandine, mm-hmm. Timmons, unproven. Yeah. yeah. So we got a million texts about who would score the big goal and a lot of Pierre, just so you know, Borny. A lot I mean, of Pierre. He's, he's the random guy who has a random skill set where you'd be like, oh, he turned it on for a sec there. Um, this is a quick one, last one, before we we head out. Carter from London. Would love to hear more talk on Krause to the Leafs. To me, Dubas should be focused on building this year uh, and beyond in case they aren't going to win this year to keep his job. Krause is under team control and plays a physical game. Can score as well. Again, Krause under team control, I think it's 4.3 for another, what, long time. Yeah, while. Four, four, four years. years, yeah. Just start with Matthew Nyes, and that's that's it in a nutshell. And you know, you you may be getting Matthew Nyes may be Kraus in two or three years, or do you hope that it could come as early as April? But that's that's a that's a significant ask from Arizona that would be very very expensive. Yeah, he's making four point three until twenty six twenty seven. Is there a bit of um, and he would be say, perfect, by perfect. the way, Absolutely Nick perfect. Ritchie? But does he have any? Like, I know he's large, but is that like a Nick Ritchie thing where he would doesn't actually engage with the opposition, or is there any bite to the to Kraus? We're talking about players on Arizona. I know. Who it's knows? To, yeah, they're not <laughs> engaged. Who's really? Hey, like, they've been hot. Hey, hey, I some, know. I know. But nobody oh, really yeah. truly pays attention to these guys, and unfortunately, so you you. You think that Kraus has every reason to be one of those solid top six guy. Could he ever be a top three? I, 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 I don't think so. But top six, this guy should be a stud. Kraus you know, hasn't fought since March no, 5th I, I, of 2022. No, that's not his game. I don't think that that he's got that in his bag to turn around and scare people. But, but you're, he's you're just a heavy right. guy that can lean on, on your opponent. And you're just in so many games that don't matter. Like, you're down three goals. Like, you, you know, like, it's easy in Arizona to sleepwalk through games. I even feel the th- same about his stats, though. Like, he's got 20 goals. But he's got to be out there in every situation with the best players. Like, Absolutely. What, is, what does he do in Toronto? I don't think it looks. All right. Like that. What do we uh, What do we see Saturday night against Montreal? We see a convincing win or one of those uh, undecided in the last five seven minutes. Montreal. They just always play pushes them tough. Them. I I think it's a different situation in Toronto than it is in Montreal. I think they've had enough bad memories in that building in Montreal in the last few years that it's kind of a greasy one when they always go in there. But I think they roll. I think they roll on Saturday and that it's a little closer than it should be on Sunday would be my prediction. All right. Well, terrific week, guys. Yeah. Nice to be in here with you, Kipper. Doug McLean, Devin Dubnik, all uh, great, great guests today. Uh, Can I just mention Jennifer Rolnick, uh, our last day with her? She's gone. We've got... uh, she's, She's around. She's just... Going home a little earlier these days. I don't blame her at all. I don't blame her at all. And we got David Sis taking Dave, over. Dave, what's his last name? Sis. You know, you know when I'll finally learn his last name is huh. when he probably gets replaced here. <laughs>
And guess what? I'll try my best, though. And he he works for my hometown nice. on attack, too. So All right. A man of many hats. Big thank you for uh, Derek Brandale. Always great uh, on the uh, the sound bites. And, and he played my uh, Next Rewards uh, app yesterday. Kipper, I'm rich, buddy. But it, I can't give away... Uh, don't cash anything yet. Okay, still. okay, okay. Oh, we had a huge <laughs> day yesterday. Check's not going to clear. How many points did you end up yesterday with? I gained over 1,000 points. 1,000. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. Did you stay for every late game to to bet, too? Uh, I didn't go to bed till 1230, so I just kept on, you know, hitting no. <laughs> <laughs> don't spend it yet, okay? Uh, Keep building it. that gas card, Kipper. <laughs> no. 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 You're, you're not going after the $50 gas card, are you? Oh, yes, I am. Uh, now I'm broke. <laughs> You're dying. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, uh, sending us a, a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you and what you think about the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Have a safe weekend, and we're back Monday.